The Jets might have played one of their best games of the season against L.A. and Pierre-Luc Dubois, showing up in a massive statement win after a somewhat disappointing run of form recently. We'll dive into how the Jets dissected the Kings all on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is free of charge. And, uh, you know, it ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com right now because new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started right now. Now, like I said, uh, obviously at the top of the episode, the Jets just came away with what I would call a statement sort of season-defining victory against the LA Kings. And obviously, it's still very early in the season, so I feel like calling it season-defining might not be appropriate, right? Maybe it's a bit of an overstatement. Maybe it's suggesting too much. But this is the kind of game where, you know, after a run of form recently where the Jets weren't actually playing all that well at even strength, you know, Winnipeg needed to kind of remind people why this team has such high expectations this year from the fan base. I think increasingly Jets fans, uh, you know, myself included, have really been kind of pumping the tires of the Jets as a team that's legitimately, you know, on course to start competing for something bigger than just a playoff appearance. Obviously, the team still needs a couple of pieces, and that hasn't changed, but I think you see the, the makings of something really cool here, and we've seen that multiple times throughout the season. There was the win against the Avs. Then the Jets had, you know, a pretty tightly contested but generally good game against the Canes. It was a little bit lopsided on the shot clock, but honestly, when you look at the actual threat that was created, the game was a little bit closer than it might seem. And at various points, the Jets have shredded, you know, lesser squads. But this recent West Coast trip was kind of like, ugh, not great, right? Like the, the you know, the game against the Ducks, the Jets obviously did win, but it wasn't pretty. Even if you lost Kyle Connor, the way that the Jets played against a team that's just not that good was, you know, not exactly inspiring. Then you had the Sharks game and you're like, yikes, you know, Winnipeg technically did outplay San Jose on the whole, but at very key instances fell short of the mark. And this game against the Kings started off the same way. The Jets had a rough first period and you can complain all you want about the questionable calls and some of the stuff that Hellebuck Maybe would have preferred to not let in, but, you know, on the whole, the Jets just got outplayed. And then the second period hit, and it was like a totally different experience. The Jets were skating, they were competitive, and they started to turn the tide. And what really kind of changed the complexion of this game was the top line. Uh, Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde have kind of now been united as part of uh, the plan to try and, you know, counterbalance the loss of Connor. 
And this could not have gone any better. Uh, this trio was, in a word, sensational. I think this was probably the best performance from a top line the Jets have had this year. Uh, no one has produced as many points as this trio did in one game. They completely and utterly annihilated um, L.A., which is pretty nuts to say, right? Because like this Kings team is one of the best in the league. And after a very strong first period from L.A., you would have thought, you know, this game was over. But then the fire plug, or I guess fire spark that is Nikolai Ehlers, kind of took the game into his own hands. He's been really good the past few games, hasn't had as many points as I think he's deserved, but this time he got things going. He cut the lead uh, by one on a great wrister thanks to a Velarde pass, and then just a couple minutes later, you know, Velarde finds him again on a great feed. Ehlers streaks in right past the defense goes in alone and scores again a top shelf beauty that was just, you know, a chef's kiss of a shot. And then, you know, right after that, Mark Shifley decides, you know what, it's time to add my own goal. And thanks to a very hardworking shift where Velarde and Ehlers and Shifley all worked, uh, you know, around the slot and below the goal line, they created a third goal that Shifley was able to shovel in. And after that, you know, the final period was all Winnipeg. The Jets just completely silenced the Kings, really didn't give them any looks. And the only time that LA really threatened was when they finally pulled the goalie and had a six on five. But other than that, right, the Jets basically sucked the life out of the Kings and shut them down, which considering this was the second half of a back-to-back -back, after a very demoralizing loss to the Sharks, I felt like Winnipeg did a fantastic job of answering my criticisms from the last game in almost perfect form. Like this two periods from Winnipeg was... Uh, these were stupendous periods. This is all I can say. They were fantastic. They showed exactly what I wanted from this team. And what I said in the last episode was, you know, I, I was irritated because we know that this team can be better and we've seen it. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is the Jets team that I think is, is truly on the path towards a, a really fun playoff run. And I don't know where it's going to end up. I don't even know if, you know, the Jets are going to make it out of the first couple of rounds. But I can tell you what, if, if they can actually play like this the rest of the season, if they can have these these games where, you know, they really show what it's like to uh, go toe to toe with the top contender and come out on the winning side. I think we are in much better straits than a lot of people might have anticipated this year. This team is pretty legit. Uh, and, you know, what was kind of fun with this game was that it was very much the Gabriel Velarde revenge tour, right? He had four points and a goal. Honestly, this was about as as beautiful a, a breakout as you could possibly expect with Dubois only notching one assist on the evening. Velarde, I think, actually got uh, a third of Dubois' season point total in one night. So I, I, I feel like we've been waiting for Gabriel to break out to have that, that signature performance. This was it. He was a maestro. He was perfect. And, you know, with the, the, the complimentary skills that he brings, his incredible physicality, his strength and, and balance and hand-eye coordination, he just went off. Uh, and wow, it you know, I, I said the Jets won the trade the, the day it happened, and I still stand by that. I still think, for me, Velarde is the best player in that deal, and he is showing it in a big way after this game. So let's hope this is kind of the damn breaking for him, because all I can say is if this is what we have to look forward to for the rest of the season from Velarde, the Jets are in really good hands. So Speaking of Velarde in the top line, the Jets now actually have something of a dilemma here in a couple of months because 
With Kai O'Connor slated to come back in around six to eight weeks, the Jets might have some legit top-line options. We'll talk about which one might be the best choice and how the Jets can take advantage of what could be an elite first-line unit in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Now, as a Ravens fan, this is probably the best time for me to get involved because obviously the Ravens have been winning a lot. Baltimore is 10-3, and pretty darn good team. Maybe you're a Vikings fan, though, and you think you want to try your luck with the Minnesota Vikings football squad that uh, traditionally has been, well, very Minnesota sportsy, right? But maybe this is the season that they can finally break through and start to string together some good results. Or maybe you're a fan of Tommy Cutlets, and you think that this is the season the Giants might finally get themselves back into the playoff conversation. No matter what team you root for, though, the app is super easy to use, and there's tons of betting options, including spreads, spreads player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we uh, are talking about some of the ramifications of what we're seeing with the Jets and something that might be of particular fun for, for Jets fans is Winnipeg's top line and potentially having multiple top line arrangements. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but before we go any further, did want to let you know about something cool that the Lockdown Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with our local experts and international shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, like I said, the Jets uh, might have found that they actually have two first lines, right? Uh, and it's not really that they have like two first lines worth of players. It's more like they have two potentially elite combos. We've actually even seen like three elite combos, although the first one, Shifley, Velarde, and and uh, Connor was very short-lived, right? Thanks to Velarde getting injured. After we saw um, Ehler, Shifley, and Connor really killing their minutes, uh, you know, there was a question of, okay, well, maybe this is the, the line to go with, right? Is there really any other arrangement that would make sense? Well, guess what? Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde just annihilated the LA Kings, and not only did they win on the stat sheet, they actually scored and got rewarded for it, which is not something that we've seen as much of with some of the other lines, but uh, the, the, the Ehlers, Shifley, and Connor line definitely was racking up some pretty good points, and I think it brings up a really big question, right? What is the best approach here for Winnipeg to have a first line uh, once Connor comes back, right? Where does Connor go? Does he go back on the first line? Or might it be time to break him and Shifley apart? Now, for me, I've always said that splitting 81 and 55 made the most sense, right? Not because they're terrible together. Uh, they are defensively not the best pairing for each other. And unless you have the right forward on their flanks, it can be a bit ugly. We all saw what happened when Wheeler used to play up there with them. But you saw how good they are with Ehlers. My thing is, is I think with the current combo now that we have of Ehlers, Velarde, and Shifley, 
you have a really good mixture of skill sets. Um, you've got an elite transition expert in Ehlers, who also happens to be an absolutely lethal marksman. You've got Velarde, who is a supremely intelligent player with strong physicality and size and great hand-eye coordination. And you have Shifley, who's just good at everything that involves scoring, right? They all bounce off of each other brilliantly. They are seemingly developing rapid chemistry. And I feel like they just have the right balance of skill sets and physical traits to match each other ideally. It's, for me, a perfect line. And assuming that it holds together and keeps playing at this level, I really see no reason to break it up. Now, that means Connor is obviously the odd man out, but that doesn't mean that you actually lose out here. I think the second line for me, uh, or what I would like to be the second line if Bones ever gives that line the same amount of ice time, is, uh, you know, a finishing boost, right? If you have Perfetti and Nemesnikov or Buchnevich um, or Konechny, you know, maybe some of these guys that we could bring in externally, and then you add Connor to that trio or that that duo, whoever it is, right? Whether it's Perfetti and Buch or something else or Perfetti and Konechny, doesn't matter. I don't care. Just pair them together, because I think if you give Perfetti an elite shooter like Connor, somebody who uh, intuitively can find himself in great one-on-one -on -one matchups and has the elite finishing talent to capitalize on, on, on Perfetti's passing, you're going to have a heck of a top six. Uh, I'm telling you, this Jets team with like one or two trades could become one of the scariest top nine units to face in the entire NHL. And they really aren't that far away from it. Uh, I'm telling you, I think this team with one forward acquisition and a blue line acquisition, suddenly the complexion of how this team matches up is a lot more like 2017, 2018. Will they have like the elite defense that they had back then? No. Will they have a forward core that might actually be even better than that group though? Yes. They have uh, the potential firepower to really approach what that team was. And I think, Given how weak the West is, this is probably a really good season to try your luck and see if you can fish out a, a top six forward who can really um, turn this Jets team from a playoff contender to a cup contender. Uh, and, and will they be a cup favorite? Perhaps not. Not yet. But they might not be as far away from it as you think. So there's a lot to really stew over here. I think the one argument in favor of Connor's, uh, Connor Shifley and Ehlers is that they just have, you know, a, an elite ability to score. And the same things that I said about having Ehlers or, or Connor with Perfetti probably applies to having Ehlers and Connor together as well. But I just feel like if you know that, uh, you know, Connor, or, or if you know that Ehlers, uh, Shifley and Perfetti or in, and Villardi work together as a top line unit right now, as they are, perhaps it's time to explore where Connor can be uh, moved to. Because if you distribute the finishing talent a little bit more evenly, you might get better results. You might be able to run a second line that might not actually be that different from the first line in effectiveness. Having, you know, a, a Perfetti, Connor, and Booch, or Konechny, or whoever, it doesn't even matter down the middle. Um, uh, that's just a trio that could be an absolute treat and give the Jets two really good top lines to match up against opposing units with a great balance of skill sets. So, the emergence of, of Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde really couldn't come at a better time. I think this is an ideal experimenting phase, and so far it is paying off for the Jets in a big way. But let me know what you think of these uh, potential top-line combos. Which one do you think is the best? Drop your thoughts in the comments below.
Now, like I said previously, you've heard me talk about a couple of names that maybe the Jets would acquire externally. And I think it's time to think about it again, because you know what? The Jets might be closer to a trade than we think. With the Jets routinely scouting the Flyers, Flyers scouting the Jets, maybe it's time to make something happen. And if the Jets are serious, no one should probably be untouchable for Winnipeg. So we'll dive into who might be on the way out, what trade chips might make the most sense, and how the Jets can really come out of this on the winning end of the equation. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at AG1. Our next partner has a daily nutritional uh, foundational supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day, and I gave AG1 a try because I was looking for something to boost my immune system and give me a start to the day. Obviously, you know, with all the weird viruses and stuff running around, you've got to have a really strong immune system. And let's be honest, when you're around tons of people, whether you're working in person, you're hitting the gym, whatever it is, you need something that gives you that internal body armor. AG1 is here to help. And it's also super convenient because it's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. It's a micro habit that's very easy, and it gives you 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and superfoods to boost all parts of your daily lifestyle, whether it's helping raise your energy levels, strengthening your immune system, giving you a mental boost, whatever it is that you need, it is here to help, and it is super affordable. It costs just $3 a day, which is probably a lot cheaper than that cold brew habit you might be used to. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets as we try and parse through some thoughts about, uh, you know, it might, being, uh, it might be trade time for the Jets. Obviously, Winnipeg is looking for most likely um, some legit impact players, right? Because Winnipeg is kind of at the stage where a couple of fringe moves don't really move the needle. You know, I, I would say the Niederreiter trade is probably uh, one of the rare exceptions because he has always been very undervalued. And for what he does and what he brings, you know, he's actually traditionally been exchanged for relative peanuts, even though he's like super good as like an elite third liner. But the Jets kind of need something a little more now. They need to shoot a bit higher. And with Winnipeg kind of having some pretty legit assets to play with, now is probably the time when Winnipeg could arguably make a play for something bigger, right? The Jets um, obviously have like a good pool of prospects. They've got, you know, some draft assets that they can work with. And obviously the Jets are uh, kind of playing with house money right now. They are okay with like the, the likely cap space that they'll have by the trade deadline. Although I think for Winnipeg this year, it makes more sense to free up space manually. I think you want to do it before you get too deep into the season because, quite honestly, turning that cap space that you've got into usable players, guys who can bring more offensive value, I think would be the way to go. And, you know, the Jets, they're in pretty good straights, right? Like they've got some ability to accrue space. 
they're going to try and put off LTIR for Kyle Connor for as long as possible so that they can try and accrue as much space as humanly possible. Every extra dollar really does count. You know, 100K can be a huge difference when it comes to trade deadline figures and uh, unused cap space. So I think the Jets uh, could really make a play for a top player. Now, I've, I've mentioned a couple of the guys that I've really had an interest in. You know, Konechny, I think, is one that makes a lot of sense. We've also talked about maybe Buchnevich. Uh, aside from Buchnevich, you know, the Blues don't really have a lot of other players that I'm very interested in, at least ones that I think Winnipeg would actually be able to acquire. With Buch, he's kind of like at an ideal situation with his contract because he only has one more year after the season. And assuming that Winnipeg would be a team he either doesn't have on his no-trade clause or at least would waive it for, he could be a fantastic, you know, medium-term rental. Obviously, you're not expecting him to uh, be here past next, like, season. I think anything beyond the year after that is a little bit of a question, especially because he'll probably need a raise, and I don't know that the Jets could really afford it. But for the time that you have him under contract control, that to me is probably worth a quality prospect. And I hate to say it, but it might be, you know, the kind of situation where you're talking about a Barlow or a Lambert, um, a McGrory. I think for me, I'd probably be looking more at like Lucius and Lambert or Lucius and Barlow first to move. I, I still feel that Lambert has among the highest upside in terms of skill. Uh, and McGrory is one of Winnipeg's best overall prospects, period. So I think if you can find a way to package one of the kind of like A minus prospects with a, you know, a reasonably good pick, um, that's the sort of package I could see being more palatable. But the other problem that you have to deal with is that Schmidt would probably need to be a part of this deal. And I don't know if the Blues would really be interested in taking on a little bit of extra salary. The Jets would kind of have to make it worthwhile. And if you start getting into sweeteners, you do have to ask yourself, how much are you really paying for, right? Is it worth it? I think getting Schmidt's money off the books is always going to be worth it because it gives the Jets a lot more flexibility, period, to make other moves. But whether Winnipeg sees it that way, I don't know. The Jets don't really like having to spend a lot of assets to make money move. They've only done it in a handful of scenarios, and this might not be one of them. Um, you know, with with Konechny's contract, he's also not really that cheap, and the Flyers are kind of in a weird spot where I don't know if they're going to start tearing it down yet because they're not necessarily totally out of the playoffs. Uh, but for my feeling, I think they should probably be thinking more about the future than the present. And, you know, Konechny has a slightly lower cap hit. He has no trade protection. Um, and you could also make a play for, uh, you know, Sean Walker at the same time, who's, you know, an expiring free agent. He's at a reasonable cap hit. He'd be a clear upgrade for Winnipeg's right side defense. I just, I see so many things there that make a lot of sense. It's just if the um, Flyers would actually be willing to take on salary, that is the big question. Obviously, I think a, like a Barlow or a McCrory or something is going back, uh, especially because, you know, you've still got term with Konechny and you're also talking about a rental D being thrown in. That's going to be a very expensive package and the Jets would probably have to pony up. But you know what? I always say that if you're going for gold, if you're really trying to push it, then I will accept moving really top tier assets that I'm very attached to. Like I said, I'd prefer not to have to touch Lambert or McGrory yet, 
But if it takes, if that's what it takes to get the deal across the table or across the finish line, and the Jets have no other choice, then you know what? Winnipeg should go for it. This team is too good to let just be as it is. And if Winnipeg is really serious about competing and chasing for, you know, a championship title, then I can live with giving up some of the prospects. That's what you kind of use lottery tickets for. Um, draft picks and stuff, they are great to have for the future. But if you're good now, sometimes you've got to sacrifice the future to make that run and gamble. Obviously, you have to gamble the right way. And I think the Jets are, are going to be a little bit cautious. But if they can make a really power move like they did when they brought in Stastny several years ago, I am down for it. So we'll see what the Jets do. Give me your predictions on what assets we might see moved out. Do you think a first or a, a high second is going? Do you think one of our top prospects is likely, be, likely to be moved? Drop your predictions in the comments below and let me know who you think is going to be coming back to Winnipeg. For tonight's show, though, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow with some more off or, uh, current season coverage and maybe a look at the standings as they are right now. But like I said, that's all the time that we have for today. As always, have a great one. See you tomorrow and go Jets go.